You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Very good. Very good indeed. Now, of course, uh, you were indulging your other love, weren't you, at the mm. weekend? You were not uh, foot. Well, you were footballing of the pigskin variety. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, on the whim a little bit, we uh, made a last a couple of mates made a last-minute decision to go much a bit more American football on Sunday uh, at the at the lovely Wembley Stadium. So that was good. Yeah, Houston won a bit of a one-sided win over Jacksonville, but yeah, it was good. Good day out, stayed dry, and uh, yeah, saw some saw some superstars of the NFL, which is always nice. So yeah, it was good good afternoon, well, good good day on on Sunday. Well, you weren't the only person who was flirting with another mistress because I was indulging my other love. I um, I, uh, I I attended on Saturday at a game between Melksham Town and Bristol Manor Farm. Now, I could try and bring this back to the Western League by saying, of course, it wasn't that long ago that two, the two sides were um, uh, in our league. But, um, and of course, they, are, they have moved on now to the, uh, to the Southern League. So I, I feel like I've been, you know, I've been caught. I, I feel that, that that is my infidelity now <laughs> in the public domain. I can make up for it, though, because in the midweek I attended the game between Westbury and, uh, and Longwell Green, the, uh, the Les Phillips first round tie. I took my daughter. She fancied a little bit of midweek football under the lights, and we had a really, we had a really pleasant time there. Uh, really uh, quite a, an enjoyable game for, for lots of different reasons, quite possibly because um, Longwell Green of the first division um, were able to triumph over their Premier Division hosts. But um, still, we enjoyed, our, we enjoyed ourselves very much on, uh, on Wednesday. We are not here to talk about the midweek action, of course, as regular listeners will know. We really are focusing our time this week on the football that took place on Saturday, the 2nd of November. We have two managerial interviews uh, for you, as, of course, we always do. The first is with uh, the Warminster Town manager, Andy Crabtree. Now, we have had Andy on the... Uh, we've had him on the podcast already this season. There was a pretty good reason why we had him back. I'll, um, I'll, I'll let Tom tell you all about that um, when we get to our review of the games. And the other one is an interview that's well worth listening to. Um, not just if you're a Hallen fan. It's Ray Johnson, of course, my co-commentator for the Les Phillips Cup Finals. Um, it's a wide-ranging interview. We talk about quite a lot of issues to do with grassroots um, football and uh, football management um, and it was very pleasant and enjoyable and I hope you enjoy it too um, but we will start by looking at the FA VAR second round again our fixtures were pretty badly hit by the weather we've got some replays coming up this week um, but there were some games that were able to take place and um, the first one we're going to be looking at Tom that took place on Saturday the 2nd of November was the tie between St Austell and Buckland Athletic yeah, indeed, uh, and a, a really good win for, for Buckland. Uh, Travelling to take on St Austell, who uh, top of their division, the South West Peninsula, I think it's the Premier Division they play in, uh, but it was Buckland who, who went there and uh, claimed, claimed a 1-0 win. Uh, Stuart Bowker scoring the only goal uh, 20 minutes from time uh, to, to put them a, a spot in the, in, the, in the next round, so a really good win uh, to start off with for Buckland. And, of course, we talked to Adam Castle last week on the podcast. Those... Um those peninsula derbies, as we can call them, um, are obviously keenly felt, and uh, that was a really good result there, I think, for Buckland Athletic. Well, anything Buckland can do, Plymouth Parkway can do better. They travelled into uh, into into the heart of Hampshire, 
And again, they've, they've managed to progress through to the next round of the Vars, Tom. Yeah, a little bit easier for, for Park. We're obviously uh, uh, riding high in the, in the Western League and, uh, yeah, making a good fist to the FA Vars so far. Uh, a 3-0 win away at Brockenhurst. Uh, pretty pretty strong start to the game. Uh, Jordan Cott putting them ahead in the, the 25th minute. And then Adam Carter, obviously a name we know very well, uh, having a, a fantastic season. Uh, he doubled their advantage just before the break. Uh, and then after half-time, it was uh, Tegan Rosenquist, one of... Oh. One of the great names in the in the Western League. He came on and uh, yeah, scored from the substitutes bench 15 minutes from time to, to wrap up victory for, for Parkway. So a 3 0 win away at Brockenhurst. Excellent stuff. And uh, now um, the, the final, the third and final game in the FA Vars that went ahead involving Western League sides was Warminster Town. They were at home to AFC Porchester of the uh, of the Wessex League, and in fact a, a league above the league that Warminster Town play at. But that didn't. And put off the men from wheelchair, and it was another fantastic cup performance for the Red and Blacks. Yeah, I mean, we know they're, they're pretty capable of, um, of, of these sort of results, and but a three-one win uh, home to home to Porchester probably beyond their their wildest dreams, I would say. Uh, a good home, sorry, a good first half. Uh, Francois Allen and Jack Millock uh, putting them in in control, uh, and then yeah, they pushed on, pushed on after break, managed to to hold Porchester at bay, uh, only conceding once. And yeah, booking a, a spot in the next round. Uh, I think they have another away tie on the cards uh, after this uh, good home win. But it was yeah, a three-one victory, and uh, yeah, really, really good result for Warminster. Now we've already had Andy Crabtree on the um, on the podcast this season, but I thought it was it was really worth getting back uh, Andy to talk about that game on Saturday because it's not often that we see teams from our first division progressing this deep into the FA Vars competition. So, another fantastic uh, win against a very strong opponent. I started by asking Andy how much he knew about Paul Chester before the game. I'd heard um, reports on them, so I knew what to expect. Um, we were massive underdogs. There's no two ways about it. You know, we're a league below them. They're up near the top. We haven't really set the world alight this season, so I knew it was going to be difficult. But we went into the match with a game plan, and to be fair, the lads stuck here. The conditions were pretty damp, <laughs> and uh, it, you know, um, it was a sticky old pitch. But obviously, we adapted to it, and we didn't let them settle into it. I know they were a passing team; they liked to get it down play well, then we didn't give them the opportunity you know and it paid dividends for us really well you were 2-0 up at half time I don't know whether that was part of your your game plan but um, you saw the game out um, 3-1 so uh, that would suggest that things went pretty well from your perspective was it as comfortable as the scoreline suggests yeah we scored at the right times we scored sort of we scored after about 22 minutes um you know, we, we, we spoke about what we were going to do and, and we did it well. Um, and we scored after 22 minutes. We sort of stunned them, stunned them a little bit. Um, they had a couple of chances, but then as did we. And then we scored just before our time, which really was a bonus. You know, there wasn't many chances in the first half, but we scored just before our time and it gave us that little bit of impetus coming out for the second half. And then we scored within 10 minutes. So... You know, three nil up, and we were happy. Yeah, um, it's just game management, and so 
we did concede a goal, which was not pleasing, but, you know, everyone put a good shift in, you know, and I couldn't have asked for more from the players. You know, they, they did everything I asked of them, so, you know, credit to them. Well, a, a good performance without question, and of course, it was great to see such a huge crowd as well cheering you on. Um, so hopefully, you'll be able to continue what's been a very impressive season, you know, in the terraces um, for Warminster fans, and I know it means a lot to your club. Um, I, I was disappointed, however, to read some of the comments in social re- me- on social media from Porchester. It has to be said, um, um, suggesting that there were some issues on the day with the with the home with the home fans. Um, I know you responded yourself on on social media, but I know that also that the reputation of Warminster Town Football Club is something that is very close to your heart. It's something that we've spoken on a number of occasions in the interviews that we have done on the podcast. So, looking back on the events of the day, I mean, what are your thoughts now that the dust has settled? Well, obviously, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed and, you know, in the, in the way they reacted, you know, I spoke to their manager, you know, I got a good rapport with him and, you know, and I, I spoke to him yesterday, you know, and he put his hands up, he said the best team won on the day, you know, and I don't think they, uh, I, I don't know who does that Twitter report, I've never met the I don't think I've ever met the guy, and I just think, on his behalf, on his part, it was sour grapes, and, and I, I'll say that, and I, I'll think, anybody who read his comments, you know, to show a little bit of dignity in defeat, you know, we've all, we, we've all, we've all lost, and you put your hands up and say, hey, at the end of the day, we lost to the better team on the day. Let's let's turn our attention back to the important business of the Vars, and of course we've had the draw, and you've been drawn away, um, either at Petersfield or Roman Glass St George, of course, one of our own Western League clubs. Um, have you got a preference? Um, I think there's a few at the club would like a nice day out. Um, probably Petersfield is a longer trip. <laughs> I think Petersfield is on the same level as us in the uh, pyramid, so I think. That would be preferable. I mean, Roman Glasser just won the award for being the uh, you know top form side in in, in the Premier Division. So um, we'll have a work cut out there. Although I don't think we'll have a problem with the rain because it's an artificial pitch. So. Well, it wasn't that long ago, of course, that Roman Glass were in the first division, and uh, your form in the Vars, in particular, would suggest that you, you know, you're not fearing anyone at the moment. So I suppose whichever side you end up facing in the next round, it will be, as you say, a fantastic away day and a great occasion um, for your for your club, and, and one that the players show every sign of getting up for. Yeah, we've we've really let ourselves down in the league this year. Um, we we end of the season with high hopes you know we finished so well last year but you know anybody involved in football knows no two seasons are the same you know virtually everything that could have gone wrong went wrong pre-season and, and you know when it, we coughed and spluttered we won one we lost one you know some of them games we should have won you know and, and I'd, I'll be honest with you I'd swap any one of our bars wins for the points in the league because at the end of the day that's what we'll be judged on not you know, people will, will this will be long forgotten come next April. You know, it's where you finish in the league. And you know, from my point of view, that's our priority, and we just enjoy this as, a, as an extra bonus. Do you think your good run in the Vars has been a bit of a distraction for the players? No, not at all. Not at all. We played our best football in it. Um, certainly, 
Everton against Osford and, and Saturday, I didn't think we played particularly well when we played the East Coast bits from the Isle of Wight, but we ground out a win. Um, we, we've let ourselves down, you know, in the league. In, in simple as that, we've made too many mistakes and we've peeled ourselves, really. The, the first division, though, this season is as, is as uh, helter-skelter as, it, as, it, as it's ever been. Um, so a couple of wins um, could, make, um, could make a big difference to you. I mean, you've got Bishop Sutton, weather permitting, up uh, next on Saturday. And then, and then, then a, week, a week after that, you take on um, the league leaders, Khan Town. Now, given that Khan are, of course, a Wiltshire rival, do you think that that game, that derby match, might, might bring out the sort of... Um, that cup form uh, that you've been exhibiting so well in the Vars? I don't hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we played Portishead in the cup in the week and we beat them 5-0. So, you know, it's, I know what they can do. I know what we're capable of. You know, and, and, and to be fair, we've started, we've had players suspended, we've had injuries, and, and, and now we're close to getting everybody back. There's a few still, you know, with little injuries, but we're close to getting everybody back to full strength. And, and you know... You need your big players there, don't you? Want to, you know, when it matters. And and I think, to be fair, last season, up until after Christmas, really, we coughed and spluttered and didn't really set the world alight. And then we just hit a run of four. You know, for the second half of the season, we'd have produced half of that in the first half of the season. We'd have finished in the top four. You know, so maybe we can start a month or, a month or so earlier this year and, and start getting some consistent consistency in our performances because you know we all know games are won and lost by how many goals you concede and how many you score when you've got to score three goals every week because you're letting you're chipping in two which, which aren't necessarily scored by the opposition we're gifting them it makes it very difficult to win games Andy, thank you very much for your time on the podcast and, and as always thank you for your candour I appreciate you, and thank you very much. I don't, I don't have the statistics to hand, um, bec- uh, and I won't pretend to make them up because I look stupid, but I think um, I have done enough exploring to know that it is not often that a, a first division side in the, in the Western League progresses through to the third round of the FA Vars. Um, so you are doing phenomenally well. Uh, you are a credit to the division and the league, um, and uh, we look forward to continuing your progress in this competition and hopefully we'll be speaking about further um, VAR's success uh, for Warminster Town. Thank you very much, Ian. Much appreciated. Thank you for your time. And my thanks to Andy for his time. Now we look at the fixtures that took place in our Premier Division, three of those to talk about, and we kick off at Hallen. Uh, this was my pick of the matches last mm-hmm. week. Uh, when we talked about it on the podcast, because Hallen and Brislington were, were so close together at the, in the table, towards the top of the table, it has to be said. Um, but, um, well, I mean, it was a comprehensive win, wasn't it, Tom, for the home side? Yeah, it was. I think Hallen will be uh, extremely happy that they, uh, yeah, they managed to get this game to go ahead. Uh, Brislington maybe a little bit less so. Uh, but, yeah, perfect start. Starts in the month for Hallen, uh, up to fourth. Uh, a 5-0 win uh, over Brislington. Uh, it was Aaron Robbins who scored the only goal in the first half, 13 minutes from time. He's having a, a pretty good, pretty good time of it at the moment, scoring, scoring more often than not. And it was him who then uh, struck again early in the second half to, to double their advantage. So, 
um, a pretty pretty good start to the, to the month for him. Uh, and uh, I think Brislington actually had a man in the sim bin during that uh, during the time when the second goal went in, and uh, it was a bit of a bit of a tough afternoon for them uh, during the second half. And it was a red card soon after, uh, but then the game taken over by Sasha Tong. Uh, 15 minutes uh, to produce a perfect hat trick, left foot, right foot, uh, and then finish with a header. So um, yeah, capitulation a little bit for for Brisington. I think they are, as I say, down to down to 10 men. Uh, and Hallen, uh, yeah, pr- proving to be uh, yeah. Uh, fan, well, a, a really good afternoon for them in front of goal. Five uh, nil victors. Well, a five nil scoreline between, um, as I said before, what I believe to be two pretty evenly matched sides. So I started by asking Ray Johnson, of course, an old friend of the podcast, uh, whether he felt that that scoreline was a fair reflection of the game. Uh, I think the first half was well, the first half was tight. The second half, um, it wasn't. It, it wasn't much of a contest. If I'm being honest, the, we. Um, we knew that Brislington had a couple of hot-headed players, and with the introduction, uh, introduction of the sin bin, um, it would, we used a little bit of that knowledge of the opposition to our advantage. And they got one of the players sin bin. We scored a couple in that time, and um, went on to complete a fairly professional job. Well, we'll have a chat about sin bins in a minute, but going back to that game, that's put you up to fourth in the league, um, so you must be happy with the start you've made this season. Uh, do you know what, I'm not, I'm not over the moon with the start, because we've left some daft points behind. Um, I don't think fourth is our natural position, I think by the time Bitten, Tavistock, et al, uh, catch up, I think we'll probably end up near a sort of seventh, eighth, when everybody sort of overtakes us with their games in hand, but... That said, for the squad that I've got now, I think you know seventh, eighth is is the bare minimum of what I'd like us to be. Um, well, you you are up in fourth, yeah. So does that make? I'm, I'm just wondering whether that makes Hallen the Leicester City of the Western League. <laughs> well, I don't know about I don't know about, I don't know about that, but um, look, it's, we're we're looking we're looking up rather than behind, which which is uh, a nice position to be in, and. You know, we're just enjoying each win as it happens. Obviously, football, you know, we thought we cracked it before and then we come up with a, um, a disappointing result away at Bridport, so, um, which looked worse as the next few results came in afterwards. Um, but things like that happen in football. You think you've cracked it and it kicks you in the uh, you-know-wheres. <laughs> well, if, you're, uh, if you are the Leicester City of the Western League, then who do you think the Manchester City and the Liverpool are? Well, Plymouth, Plymouth will take some beating this year, um, and I've absolutely, I've got no doubt with, um, you know, with the structure they've got in place and the resource, I've no doubt that Plymouth will go and win it. Um, you know, I, God knows who else would be up there. I mean, it's going to be tight. Bitten, Bitten should be up there and thereabouts. You know, the, the teams that have come into our league from um, Peninsula land aren't here to make up the numbers, are they? They're, they're here with a keen eye on going straight through so you know and I've not actually seen Exmouth yet so I don't I can't comment on them Tavistock are a strong outfit though so I'd, I'd imagine come the end of the season when all the games level out I'd imagine um, those t- sort of teams will be um, and Bradford don't forget um, those kind of teams will be up there at the end of the season Now you're going well in the Les Phillips Cup as well is that an attempt to get out of commentating on the final? Uh, if we get in the final can I do both? 
Well, that would be unprecedented. Highly entertaining and highly irregular. I've got a feeling that for the integrity of the competition, the league may um, the league may take umbrage on that. But um, it, ah, fair enough. It would be. Um, please don't let that stop you trying to get to the final. Because um, I mean, that's the other thing, isn't it, about a cup competition? We are seeing some surprising results in the in the Premier Division. I think the form book hasn't quite settled yet. I mean, you've mentioned your own surprising results uh, as well as, um, as some of the other sort of big hitters. So, I mean. Uh, you know, realistically speaking, could Hallen have a good run in that competition? As a manager, I've never ever done well in any of the cups. I've always struggled. So, I, and, and for absolutely no reason, I can't understand why, really, um, apart from probably lack of managerial ability. But the, as far as I'm concerned, we want to win every game, and football as, as a whole. You, you know as well as anyone, it's about momentum, and you know, winning, losing becomes a habit. So, you know, we. We took that game at Devizes on Tuesday week, Tuesday before, and um, with every intention of going and winning it. And uh, you know, we managed to win it in good fashion. And we await the draw now. See what we get. It, it all depends on the draw. If we get stumped away to um, a Plymouth or a Tavistock or an Exmouth midweek, then obviously the sort of side that you might be able to get together for the fixture is. Um, it might not be the strongest we can get, but we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Well, that's a wonderful segue into my next question, actually, because I can remember our last interview, we talked about player availability, and I know that one of the aspects um, that was um, on your mind at that time was these long midweek trips. I mean, how are you finding um, player availability this season? Well, this year I've, um, this year I've got a bigger, a stronger squad, so... You know, hopefully we, we can swallow some of that. If I'm being honest, uh, we already we're already awaiting a, um, a a Tavistock rearrangement, which will be a midweek. We've been told. Um, you know, we, we're already braced for one. Um, in terms of uh, the other midweek ones, we haven't had a. I think Devizes was the furthest midweek we've had so far. So or Westbury, not quite sure how the crow flies on either of them. But yeah, certainly we've had a, we've had a couple, but. You know, it, it, if they're part of the league, you've, we've all got to be prepared to take it on, to be honest. I mean, you've been involved with the Western League for quite some time. And of course, you know, it, 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 with other clubs as well. I know I know you were involved with Radstock and you won the league, of course, at Odd Down. I mean, over the time you've been involved with the Western League, do you think that the issue of player availability has become more difficult for managers to cope with? Well, it's always hard. It's always hard because... Many years ago, when I started playing in the Western League, it was more cash-rich, shall we say. There was like the big hitters of um, Biddeford, uh, Taunton, Chippenham, Mangotsfield, Poulton. You know, all these big hitters that you see in the Southern League, Southern League Prems now, they were obviously um, big players in, in, that, in our league. So it was obviously, you know, with, with the leagues watering down over the years, obviously, you know, county league level players now, uh, back then, are probably sort of Western League players now. So, you know, you're trying to, you, you, and with that comes the sort of level of availability due to um, the finance. You know, if I'm paying someone ten pound a game, and I'm asking them to go down to Tavistock when they could be earning two hundred quid a day doing their day job, you know, unless they, you know, I, I don't know what each individual player's financial situation is at home. So, you don't know what that means to them. Do you know what I mean? So it's it. If, but if you're paying them 150s, like 100s, 150s, it's less of a decision that they have to make. 
do you think that this issue of I mean, you mentioned in that answer the watering down of the league. I mean, I I I, I look at um, the sort of the long term future of men's eleven aside football, Saturday afternoon football as we know it. Do you think that there's an issue there that the FA need to address in terms of the the, the depth of the league? And I mean, looking back on your own experience, it wasn't that long ago that you were playing, and now you're managing. So you you've you've got quite a good handle on on how that situation has developed over recent years. Well, if I'm being honest, like, if I'm being honest, we I think that the league this year actually is probably st- as strong as it's been in terms of depth for quite some years. I mean, as I alluded to earlier, with the with the more teams from like Peninsula Land coming up, I think you know the actual it, you know the quality of the the Premier League this year is as strong as I've known it for many many years. I mean. You know, we can all be all we can all be after timers and say, "Oh, it was better in my day with your walking sticks and your Zimmer frames and stuff." But actually, as as as, as relevant as that might be, um, you know, we've got to look forward. And that that I think the, the strength of the Western League this year is is actually is, is really good. Well, that's excellent to hear. Now, one of the other themes of our previous conversations has been the rule book, and I know you're a man who who you know who walks a, who walks the line um, to coin coin the phrase. <laughs> Um, but um, um, we've obviously seen the sort of the headline act of the rule changes introduced this season are sin bins. Now, you've already mentioned these, but um, um, I'm, I'm interested to get your thoughts on what impact you think they've had, because I'm actually yet to see my first sin binning. I mean, I've been to a few games this season, and but I think perhaps the, the impact that, we, that many fans in particular expected to see hasn't actually happened. I think that the sin bin rule for dissent is a fantastic idea. Um, I fully endorse it. For them, for people that know me, know that I'm I'm, I'm no shrinking violent on the sideline, but um, in a sort of "don't do as I do, do as I say" type attitude, I'm very keen for my players to not um, use dissent towards the officials. Um, if if I get sent off, it makes absolutely no difference to me whatsoever. If the players get sent off, that could uh, that would change the game. So. None of my players as yet have been sin-binned this season and um, I don't anticipate that changing soon. Uh, now then, let's get back to the serious business of talking about what's going on on the pitch. The football, you've got Wellington away this Saturday. and then Weather Buc- permitting. <laughs> we'll keep that, fingers crossed. And then Buckland away um, the Saturday after. Now, if we look at these two games, these, seems like, these seem like two winnable games, but for, for, but for different reasons. I don't. I'm not going to disrespect Wellington because I, you know, they've had a couple of decent results themselves. Change of manager, change of, you know. So um, it's a game that I would like us to have the right mindset in. Um, but I don't really want to talk about other teams because that's a bit disrespectful. I think we need to concentrate on what we have been doing well, and um, you know, if we apply the right mindset to these games, I'm ho- I'm confident we can. You know, at least give them a good game. As as Buckland, if anybody that can get any points away at Buckland is um, needs uh, massive praise because I've I've always found that a tough place to go and get points from. There's no secrets from them. You know how they're going to set up. You know the kind of players that they've got. You know how you know how to stop them, and very rarely you're able to. Um, so um, I'm actually looking forward to playing that game, in a sense, to see where we are. You know, people going on about us being fourth, but actually we'll play games like that and actually we'll have a fairer idea of are we as good as some people are kindly saying that we're, we are at the moment. Well, if you, uh, if you 
are able to take something from that Buckland game, then that would certainly um, send a message to the rest of the league. If the, if my Leicester City comparisons are anything to go by, Ray, then I might have to think about doing the podcast in my underpants at the end of the season. <laughs> Let, let's both let, let's both no hope that, that, that well, play. quite. Let's hope that that doesn't happen. <laughs> Thank you very much um, for your time and your candour, and um, I look forward to catching up with you uh, later in the season. Top man, thanks, Ian. Another job, another saving. Brought to you by Toolstation. Is this all the receipts? Yes, boss. For everything we got from Toolstation? Yeah, why? I just thought we'd spend a lot more than this. I know. We got all the best brands too. Makita, Santex, Karcher, Nest. Top job, top saving. With over 15,000 trade quality products at prices that are hard to beat, we're here to save you on every job. Hard to beat. Toolstation.com and all 340 branches. Now we move on to uh, Canesham Town and they had a hard day at the office against the White Horsemen of Westbury United. Yeah, absolutely. Westbury um, really storming away uh, during the second half, scoring five goals uh, after the break in this one to claim a 6 2 win uh, away from home. Yeah, not many, not many away wins you see like this. So, um, yeah, really good afternoon for Westbury. Uh, it was a slightly earlier kick, I think it was about two o'clock, I think. So uh, yeah, a bit earlier, and Callum Demkiv uh, putting uh, putting home side ahead uh, before then doubling doubling his tally uh, soon after uh, to make it soon after the break to make it two nil. Uh, from there, yeah, Westbury pretty much uh, strolled to victory. Joe Stradling making it three uh, before Matt Long then pulled a goal back for for Canesham. Uh, but then it was yeah, uh, Westbury again in in the final quarter, adding adding more gloss to to the scoreline. Uh, Ricky Holbert. Uh, and Sam Jordan, uh, he scored twice in the, in the closing stages uh, to close out a 6-2 victory. And finally, in the Premier Division, Shepton Mallet, um, who started, of course, this season incredibly well. They were taking on Wellington, who didn't. Um, but Wellington, since the change of manager, um, have certainly been putting in some battling performances. 148 saw this game at Shepton, and it was a close run. It was a close run thing, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. Shepton uh, eventually coming out with a. A 2-1 victory, so their first uh, first league victory uh, in over a month. So they'll be uh, they'll be happy to to get the points in the bag. Uh, a goalless opening half, but then uh, yeah, less than two minutes after the restart, uh, it was Shepton uh, who who went ahead. But then Wellington managed to to get back on level terms. As you say, it was a tough afternoon for for Shepton. They certainly didn't have it all their own way. Uh, Wellington, uh, not not the greatest league position, of course, but they, as you said, they are. Picking up a, a bit, of, a little bit of form recently, so uh, yeah, managed to to level things for Luke Boyle. Uh, but it was uh, yeah, then Shepton, uh, 20 minutes from time, managed to to grab the victory. It was uh, Kieran Bailey uh, headed home a, a corner from Andy Martin uh, to give them a 2-1 win. And moving on to the first division, we kick off um, again. We're going to talk about a game that I previewed on last week's podcast. It was top of the table, Khan against Bristol Telephones, who are, of course holding up the uh, the first division there, bottom place side. But as I suspected, Tom, I mean, I, mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry with this one because um, perhaps it did go with the form book, but again, it was a very, very close affair. Yeah, really tight game. Um, I think it kind of uh, belies the, uh, the, the the whole league. I mean, obviously, the, the middle of the table is uh, is pretty... Yeah, it's pretty mad at the moment, the way that teams are to move, moving up and down with, uh, with, with, with one result. And... Uh, but... Yeah, top of the table taking on bottom, and it was only 1-0. Uh, but Calm did eventually push through and get those three points, and it was uh, yeah, a little bit of magic from Stuart Windsor. Uh, obviously, uh, yeah, their leading marksman. Three minutes into the second half, uh, he managed to, to lob the keeper from, from uh, just outside the box, 
And uh, yeah, Carl managed to hold on. Uh, Telephones definitely pushed for pushed for something from this game, but weren't able to to quite nick anything. And it was uh, Carl who ran out with the one 0 winners. Now just down the road in Corsham, um, Hengrove were the visitors, and again it was another close affair. Um, but um, I'm sure that the home fans went home happy here, Tom. Yeah, indeed, a, a good win for for the home side, Corsham. Uh, now up to six following this victory, uh, a two-one win over over Hengrove. Uh, and it was, yeah, made a good start to this one. Four minutes in, uh, and they they led. Uh, Ash Alchin uh, uh, tapped home following a, a pullback from Lewis McCarron, uh, who's, big, yeah, become quite an influential player for, for Caution uh, in an attacking sense. So, yeah, good good start to the game for them. Uh, but Hengrove did manage to, to, to force home an equaliser. Uh, Jack Jones scoring uh, after 15 minutes. So, a pretty, pretty entertaining start to the game. Uh, and, yeah, as I say, in, in pretty tough conditions. So I don't know if defences were... Was struggling a bit, but uh, yeah, and then Caution, uh, 15 minutes left on the clock, it was McCarran, uh, put, in a, put in a dangerous free kick and it found its way to, to James Gardner uh, and he fired home Caution's winner. So they uh, eventually uh, claimed a 2-1 win at home to Hengrove. And finally, completing a hat-trick of home victories, our last game in the first division on Saturday was Sherbourne Town. The visitors were Lebec United and again, another close one thing, Tom. Yeah, and it was a, a tough one for, for Sherbourne. They had to come from behind in this one. Uh, Lebec leading for, for much of the game. Uh, but then uh, Sherbourne, uh, 15 minutes from time, it was Alex Murphy uh, finding the back of the net for them uh, to level things up. Uh, and then with both teams uh, yeah, pushing for a winner, uh, it, was, it was Sherbourne again. And it was that man, Murphy, again, uh, single-handedly turning the game uh, in his side's favour. And, uh, yeah, two goals in the final 15 minutes for him and two goals in the final 15 minutes for Sherbourne. Uh, a 2-1 win uh, at home to Lebec. Now, normally we move on to the up-and-coming fixtures, but we do have one more game to talk about. It was a, it was a game on Sunday, the 3rd of November. It was another FA Vars um, match, and this time it was between Thornbury Town and our very own Cribs, and Cribs left it late, Tom. They did, uh, requiring extra time, but uh, they'll be mightily, uh, mightily impressed. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, let me do that again. I won't yeah. Do <clears throat> yeah, indeed. Uh, Cribs uh, coming, uh, using extra time to, to get through their tie away at Formbury. Uh, a 3-1 victory uh, following the extra extra 30 minutes, but that made it 4 out of 4 in the uh, in the Vars for our teams this weekend. So, yeah, brilliant weekend uh, for the Western League as a whole. Uh, Jake Hodgson uh, putting them ahead on the hour mark, uh, but then uh, Formbury did manage to, to, to grab an, an equaliser seven minutes from time as Brandon Benjamin, I think, scoring for them. Uh, to send the game to to, to extra the extra period, uh, but it was Cribs who managed to to push on, uh, rebounding pretty well from uh, that that late blow they suffered. Uh, but Jordan Year uh, forcing an own goal within 60 seconds of the restart to to keep to to, to restore their lead, uh, and then in the 119th minute, so uh, probably running out the clock a little bit, uh, Cribs managed to to push forward, and it was Ethan Felton, uh, pretty good finish from him, and uh, made it 3-1, and uh, yeah, Cribs booking their spot in the uh, in the third round. Well, having finished then uh, on a high note with the FA Vars, Tom, the draws happened. It happened at the beginning of this week. Um, who have our sides drawn in the competition? Yeah, so uh, obviously there's quite a lot of oars, uh, as in, you know what I mean, oars uh, still still there because of uh, games which were, were called off. But most of the teams that uh, won on the weekend seem to be away uh, at, at a couple of, couple of options. So Warminster Town... Uh, their reward uh, for uh, for a fantastic victory is a, is a trip to either Petersfield Town or Roman Glass St George. Uh, Buckland might have to travel far for their tie. They take on either Tavistock or Exmouth. Uh, Plymouth Parkway, uh, they travel to take on Hamworthy United. 
uh, and then Cribs uh, for their victory over um, uh, Thornbury. Uh, they will travel to take on either Bitten or Fairford Town. So four four away ties uh, for the teams that are so far through. But still, yeah, a couple of our our teams obviously had games uh, called off at the weekend who are also uh, still in the hat. And that's Bridgewater, uh, Bradford. Uh, Bitten, who I just mentioned, of course. Uh, yeah, and uh, they, they, some of those teams still there. Uh, hopefully, they can join them in the in the third round. Excellent stuff. Now we've had obviously we've got FA Vars games going on in 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 midweek. We we can't. There's not much point us talking about them on the podcast. What we can say though is that um, the fixture schedule has changed somewhat, hasn't it? For the weekend's games, we normally review your excellent um, bulletin, of course, as many people do. They download it every every single week, but. Um, um, the fixtures have changed at the weekend, and uh, can you bring us up to date, Tom, with what that means? Because there's been some league game changes based on some uh, Les Phillip Cup games that have been rearranged. Yeah, indeed. So the yeah bulletin a little bit, a little bit, a uh, little bit of misinformation, but a couple of late changes, as you say, to the to the schedule. Uh, so now looking ahead to Saturday, the 9th of November, which is obviously uh, coming, uh, both three o'clock kickoffs. So we've got a pair of Les Phillips Cup. Uh, first round matches which were postponed uh, last week I think it was last midweek uh, so we've got Buckland hosting Cheddar uh, and Tavistock taking on Carn. so both of their well, all four of their league ties this weekend uh, have been, uh, been, been been pushed back <coughs> and uh, yeah apart from that it's, uh, it's league league ties but yeah definitely keep an eye on uh, yeah the website because I think that's probably the most uh, up to date place where you can find your fixtures for, for the weekend as I say the bulletin a little bit out of date so uh yeah, a couple of Les Phillips Cup ties, but mostly uh, uh, Premier Division and First Division games this Saturday. Yeah, and of course, it's well worth keeping up to date with the Western League website because of the postponements that we're getting from the weather at the moment as well, mm, which yeah. have hampered not only the fixture list, but of course have impacted on our podcast every week. <laughs> uh, we will look ahead to those fixtures on Saturday the 9th of November, Tom, and which, which game in the Premier Division has caught your eye? Yeah, so fingers crossed this one beats the, beats the weather, unlike the last few I've picked. Uh, I think so. In the uh, in the Premier Division, I've gone for Westbury United. Obviously, a, a big six-two uh, victory uh, last weekend, uh, taking on Roman Glass St George, who've had five wins uh, on the spin. Uh, really fantastic form for for Roman Glass, and they obviously travelled to take on a, a pretty confident Westbury team. So yeah, if that one gets the gets the go ahead, fingers crossed, that should be a yeah, could be a bit of a cracker, I think. Well, we heard earlier in the podcast that Ray Johnson isn't taking anything for granted with Hallen's trip to Wellington. I'm sure that would be a keenly forward affair. I'm going to go for Bradford Town against Shepton Mallet. Shepton started the uh, the uh, the season like a rocket. They've got a no easy task away at Bradford. But if anyone can do it, the Somerset side have shown that they've got all the quality to really test the current league leaders. So I'm sure that will be a really keenly fought, uh, keenly fought affair. Uh, now then, we moved out. We moved to. We move on to the first division. And which game has um, caught your eye there, Tom? I've gone for yeah, a couple of couple of top sides. Uh, Longwell Green versus Caution, fifty uh, sixth. Uh, both doing doing pretty well. Obviously, Caution the the good win on the weekend over over Hengrove. Uh, played a couple more than most of the teams around them. So uh, yeah, could be could be caught by a few of the chasing pack. But both on nineteen points. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty good game. I think on the cards there. Well, I could go for Bishop Sutton against Warminster. Warminster definitely need to take their cup form 
into the league. Um, but I'm going to go for Ashton and Backwell United against Radstock Town. Ashton and Backwell, of course, going very well in the league, as are Radstock. The other good thing about this match is that they are two footballing sides. So if you are looking for a game to watch at the weekend, I think you'll be very pleased with the way that both managers set their sides up there. I'm sure that would be a really competitive affair, if it can beat the weather, most importantly. Mm. Uh, now then, before we move on, um, I'm pretty sure we did the goal scorers last week, Tom, so should we have a, a quick look down the league tables? Um, yeah. Who's hot and who's not? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh, not loads of change because of the, the weather, but there has been has been a few league games recently, so we've got Bradford uh, leading the way in, in the Premier Division. Uh, they've played 12, they've won 10 of those games, so obviously uh, doing extremely well. Uh, they've got 31 points, so uh, they've built a little bit of a little bit of a buffer. Uh, Plymouth Parkway uh, in second. Uh, they've played 10 and they're on 25 points. Uh, we then got Bridgewater Town uh, played 12. They're on 24. Uh, Hallen, as I say, fantastic form for them, up to fourth, 23 points. And then a couple of sides on 21. We've got Exmouth, who've only played nine matches, so quite a few in hand on some of the teams around them. And then Brislington, uh, who played 15, so they're on 21 as well. So. Uh, that's how the, the top of the uh, the Premier Division sits at the moment. The uh, the, the bottom chipping Sudbury sitting there uh, on seven points. They've played 13 games. Um, Bridport, two matches more played above them. They've played 15. They've only got 10 points. Three sides on 10 points. That's Bridport, Odd Down and Wellington. Um, they could dearly do with a win. And actually, if we look at the bottom um, half a dozen places, they're pretty tightly packed, actually. A one win uh, for those um, lower place sides could really lift them up the, uh, the, the table and of course we've got the likes of Roman Glass and George who've been in fantastic form in recent weeks and Tavistock who we know are capable of causing an upset and they're down towards the bottom of the table as well largely because they've only played um, eight and nine games respectively um, but if we look at the top of the first division uh, then uh, it certainly makes uh, good looking for Carn Town fans Tom. Yeah obviously uh, yeah, beating the weather on the weekend helped them uh, put a a little bit of a gap between them and Wincanton. They've now played 12. Uh, they're on 26 points at the top. Uh, we've got, Wink, as, I, as I've just mentioned, Wincanton. Uh, they've played 11. They're on 23 in second spot. Uh, you've then got Ashton and Backwell, who've also played 11 on 22. And Wells City, likewise, played 11. And they're on 20. So that's the top four. But then you've got a whole raft of teams. Uh, a couple on 19 points, Longwell Green and Corsham. And then uh, three on 18 points. You've got Radstock, Lebeck and, and Sherbourne. So... <laughs> Incredibly tight, still incredibly tight, and uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of points to play for. And at the bottom, Bristol Telephones um, still um, in twentieth position in the first division. But we heard um, from the uh, from the Ashton and Backwell manager last week that, uh, that that Telephones, you know, he thinks they're going to get out of it. So they're still very competitive outfit. Uh, Bishop Sutton and Hengrove at the bottom of the table as well. They've got uh, nine and seven points. Um, uh, well, seven points for Bishops up, nine for, for Hengrove and Devizes Town in 17th place. They're on 10 points with Welton Rovers just above them. Played 11, they've got 11 points. So, um, again, um, the first division incredibly congested, and uh, really two or three wins can make a huge amount of difference in that division. Uh, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin, Tom, as we always do. Where can the listeners find that? So, that is on the uh, Tool Station League. Uh website uh, there's a tab along the top which should take you to the most recent um, uh, one uh, and then also about halfway down the, the home page uh, you can download it as a, as a PDF uh, which and it should be there yeah sort of every every Sunday Sunday lunchtime looking back on the, the week that has been so uh, yeah that comes out every week and uh, yeah um, that should be be in a couple of places on the website excellent stuff now normally because we leave it there 
uh, and I thank you for your time. But before I do thank you for your time, I'm going to plug something that I've done because this week Quite I appeared. Yeah, thank you very much. I appeared on the um, on the Warminster Town Supporters podcast. If you want to listen to that, um, then have a look at um, Warminster Town WTFC supporter on um, on Twitter. Uh, you'll get a link there to their excellent podcast. They they use it on the uh, or they promote it on the Anchor platform. Uh, I was having a chat with them not about the uh, the, the Western League podcast, but about um, some articles that I've written recently for. Um, a couple of newspapers covering issues like the FA's grassroots survey, which is still very much open. And if you want to participate in that, you can visit your county FA's website. There'll be a link there, I think, until November the 8th. And that's designed to elicit feedback on the grassroots game um, from players, supporters, officials, referees, etc., etc. And also we had a little chat about the FA's reorganisation um, which um, uh, is not something we've necessarily dwelt on too much on the podcast to date, but I th- think it's certainly something we'll be looking at in the new year when the FA conduct another mapping exercise to assess where they believe the reorganised leagues that will be taking place at steps five and six, of course, that's the level at which our first division and premier division play, um, which clubs will be affected by promotion, relegation and, of course, lateral movement. I'm not going to dwell on those too much today, um, but if you want to hear what I've had to say to Roland Millward, of course a, uh, a man that we've championed on a number of occasions on the podcast, um, then have a listen to that po- uh, the Warminster Town Supporters podcast and you can find that again at WTFC Supporter. That's on Twitter. Tom, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Pleasure as always. And your hard work. Uh, I'm glad you had a pleasant weekend away at the American football but um, of course the important work remains at the coalface mm. of the tool station Western League and I very Absolutely. much look forward to, uh, to your company next week on the tool station Western League podcast <laughs>